Broken Point of View Podcast. I'm Joe. I'm here with my friends, Saul. Hey, everybody. And Brian. What up, everyone? Today, we're going to be talking about 3,000 Years of Longing, the new film out by George Miller. And then we're going to go into Lord of the Rings, the Ring of Power, and finish it off with Game of Thrones, House of Dragons. We're going to get some of the hot deep. That's right. <laughs> we went there already. All right, so that's how we're starting this episode. I thought we were starting with 3,000 Years of Longing. Which we are. Uh, so, coming into this movie, I had no idea that George Miller was a director. I was actually really taken aback by that. I don't know about you guys, but... I knew he was a director. I knew he wrote it. But seeing as he went from literally Mad Max yes. to this, it was a complete 180 in storytelling. And I was really interested to see if he could pull it off. Yeah, you know, I'm actually not complete. To be completely honest, I'm not sure what even drew me to this movie. I think I saw um, Idris Elba, and I was like, okay, well, I kind of like everything he's been in, in so far. So I gave it a shot, and yeah, I was actually really, really happy with uh, the kind of movie it was. Um, and it wasn't the movie I thought it was going to be. Yes. I legit thought it was going to be a movie where, like, Tilda Swinton's main character finds a lamp, she makes her wishes, and shit goes sideways. I thought it was going to be a story of, like... What you ask for, what you wish for, what you long for in life is going to be backhanded and it's going to ruin things. It, it's not getting it, it's not what you want, it's working towards it. And it's funny because they actually bring that up over, at the very over. beginning of the movie. Yeah. And in the middle. And, and in, in the, the middle, end. okay. Yeah. And in the post scenes. But that's not what the movie is about. And what I actually found really refreshing about this um, is that it's just a kind of storytelling movie. Um Literally. No, it is. It literally is um, Alibaba and a Thousand uh, Thieves. Oh, no, no. That's a, one of the stories. Um, oh, my God. What's the... There's a uh, literally a storyteller who was taken to the Sultan, and pretty much he was forced to tell a bunch of stories in order not to be killed. And this is pretty much what it was, was he was telling these stories, breaking down his life to Tilda Swinton to explain, like, hey, you can't do these things because there are repercussions. The yeah. things you want, the things that you keep threatening to do can have very harmful repercussions to me and to you. Yeah, completely. Um, it was kind of cool. It was almost like a mini-series, but in like a movie format, because there's like three distinct stories that happen in this arc, basically, right? But who was telling them? It was the djinn. Yes. Like, the djinn was trying to tell Tilda Swinton the whole time, look, use your wishes, and this is why. He was literally just telling stories of why she should use them the whole time. Like... Please use them. I don't want to be trapped again for another thousand years. Please <laughs> use them. I don't want to be trapped for another thousand years again. Please use them because otherwise I turn invisible and nobody can help me <laughs> yeah. or use the wishes. So I thought that was like very trippy because uh, I, I was thinking of like Aladdin, right? That's the only movie yes. I've ever watched that. I was like, there's a genie, three wishes, make them so I could be free. This guy was kind of going in the same like mindset. Like I need somebody to make the three wishes so I could live my own life, which we found out in the movie was... To go back to this other, like, location with the other gins It's kind of like another plane of existence. Another yes. plane of existence. So him, himself, could talk to the other gins and they're all sustaining themselves by exchanging stories of what they've been through, through the, yes. like, millennia and centuries. Yes. And that's, like, the most interesting part for me, because, like, it kind of, not going to lie, like, me personally, it, it, part of me would love to just see the stories of the world just play out eternally, you know? And no, wait, 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 wait. Are you saying you want to be a djinn? 
I mean, if I had the chance, absolutely. I would. <laughs> yes, right, I right. would definitely give up like humanity. I'm that. just gonna say, it didn't work for Jafar. <laughs> I, I was gonna go that way too. I was like, but uh, someone doesn't strike me as an evil uh, terrorist type. I'm glad you think that of me. I mean, not terrorists, but evil. The government might have different things to say. But, uh, well, I think the big difference they were trying to say between a genie and a djinn is that a djinn can be very manipulative about the wishes you make. So, so you gotta, like, well, you know, there's actually it. not quite. So, djinns are actually like a real thing. And like, it's a real belief system yes. in the Middle East. They're not normally like genies where they grant wishes. They're more like malevolent spirits. Okay. So not necessarily tied to being in a bottle. And if you know, if you like, remember the story, like he wasn't originally in that bottle. It just you know Solomon put him there. He was right. right. So it's he not was about yeah. and, and like I, like part of the curse was that he has to give these three wishes to be released from the curse. So like Jin lore isn't like necessarily like they grant wishes and that's what they do. A no. genie is pretty much an Americanized version of that and with their, its own twist. Yes. So in Jin lore, they're. They, more or less like demons. Oh shit! Yeah. Okay, yeah. demons from okay, not from hell. No, no, no. But they're they're they're, they're not nice to say the very least. They're pretty much the best way to think about it is think of them as Loki's. They're yes, wow. yeah, they're not. Yes, they're not. They're not. They're not nice. You don't want to run into a gym in real life. That's true. I think they said that in the film. They're yeah. like, you don't want to run into it. Yeah. Like, people go looking for them. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. You, shouldn't. Yeah. you should not look for a djinn. So that'll be our warning to all you listeners. Please don't go looking for a gin, even after you see the movie 3,000 <laughs> yes. Years of Longing. As enticing as it is. And as enticing as it is. And no, how much power he has. And let's, let's, let's face it. He was kind of the man in that movie. Yeah. Basically, every person he falls in contact to ends up falling in love with them. Pretty much, except for um, Shiva. Oh, uh, there's always the one that gets away. But going back to what you're saying about not wanting to find a djinn, after you watch Three Thousand Years of Longing, go and watch a series of movies called Wishmaster. Same kind of concept where a djinn's found and grants wishes, but everything you wish for has like a backhanded side. It turns horrible. People get murdered, massacred. It's a great horror series. Oh, you went horror with it. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. I got it. I so got it. There is something I kind of wanted to bring up about this movie that I kind of found. So George Miller directed Mad Max, right? Yes. Do you guys all remember this scene where, like, you have, like, all these women that are, like, in a like a harem by what's, yeah. uh, by the guy, right? In, um, in Mortem Joe. Yes. Uh-oh. So do you guys remember that scene, how kind of weird it was, like, seeing... Yeah. Many... Yes. I think I know where you're going yes, with this. Yes, yes. So... <laughs> There's a scene in this movie, <laughs> right, where he just kind of portrays the human body in a very just like straightforward kind of way, but at the same time, it's kind of—is it supposed to be comedy or what, what? I think it was supposed to be so over the top. You have no logic to it. You're just—it's yes. there in front of you. And he did the That's same it. thing in Mad Max, like. It was a common trait that I found, like, in that style. I don't know if you guys noticed it. Maybe I'm the only one who noticed it. I didn't put the connection together because I was... I didn't... I, I didn't want to think about Mad Max going into the movie. <laughs> I wanted... Because the two concepts are completely No, they're different. completely different. Even though storytelling is completely different. The oh, way so. he went about it, yes. I mean, it was so... Like, a 180. That's the whole thing. It was like... I kind of want to go back and, like, look up his movies and see what else he's done. See things is like this. Yes. I completely agree with you. Because I think that dude's, like, in his 80s. But that was the one shared point that I was like, 
even though the movies are completely different, there is a similar scene, you know? No, yeah, the, um, and Morton Joe had his own harem, and the ones that were left behind were all the larger women. It was the women who couldn't easily escape. They, the, the younger ones and the uh, skinnier ones who were able to run left behind the larger, more rotund women. And in this movie, one of the, the queens gave her son, the prince, his own harem in a room full of uh, fur-lined walls. Yes. Fur-lined walls yes. to muffle the sounds? Or I, I, was that so like, he could I, stroke the furry wall? Like, I think I, I've seen other movies where that was came in. I, I honestly think it was a little bit of like a texture thing in terms of like... To suit them? That, and also I want to say... I, the best way I can describe this, because if you look at that, there's a lot of smoke kind of being built throughout that room. I think there are hot boxes in that room. That would make that would make a lot of sense. sense. Yeah, that would that make would a make lot sense. of sense. Not gonna lie, that was one of the weirdest scenes in that whole movie. That movie made me open my eyes, but like, what am I watching? Wasn't this about gents? Like, why am I watching this dude in a room full of uh, rotund, voluptuous women? Yes. women? And he's like nonchalant, like yes. in a way about it. But that's what—it's so weird. It's like compared to like the rest of the movie, it just—it's almost out of place. But again, you find a commonality with Mad Max and I feel like Mad Max did it better oh. you know we're like you kind of understand well Mad Max didn't really like spend time in that room yeah we spent time <laughs> yeah. in this room <laughs> you, you saw that there was smoke yeah smoke. as a matter of fact yeah, part of this leads to the next like how he ends up being back into the bottle so you're right this is like a lot more time into this particular scene I'm not quite sure how to feel about that <laughs> I think that's what he was trying to do. He was trying to make you feel uncomfortable enough to the point where you just be like, all right, this is happening. And you just let it happen. <laughs> you just take it all in. So take it all in. Oh, there's a lot to take in. It was a lot to take in. Hey, That scene alone was actually worth going to the movie to see because it's just, it comes out of nowhere. It I've does. never seen anything like that in a movie. Oh my God. So guys, when we went to go see this, did you see any kids in the theater? Thankfully, I did not. I didn't either, but... Yeah, I don't think any kids would want to see this movie. I don't think any parents knew that scene was even going to come in. To be honest, there was no well, yes, type of warning. Yes, this is true. Yeah, like, there's no warning that, just, that there was going to be a harem of... That happened. You know, yeah. Large women. A harem of very large women. <laughs> the, the smallest woman there was probably twice my size. So, and I'm not going to lie, I'm a big dude. Yeah, I'm a big... Uh, do you want me to give a wait? No, no, no. We don't need to go there. We don't need to go there. Let's compare you to uh, some some movie actor. What would you say would embodiment Joe? I was thinking more like a little bit slimmer than Brandon Fraser. Like more slimmer than that. I was thinking... Wait, wait. Brandon Fraser on the well? I was going to say, Brandon like Fraser, you're talking about modern, <laughs> like modern Brandon Fraser? Because I'm not that big yet. Yeah, okay, all right, so. all right, fine. Let's take you from Brandon Fraser currently to uh, Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill currently. Like Jonah Hill currently when he's yeah, lost that, his weight. Yeah, yeah, that'd be Joe. Yeah, that'd See? be Joe. Man, you're a Jonah Hill type, Joe. No, he, he got to mess around with Emma Stone. I'm happy with it. Hell yeah. Back to Emma Stone. Call back to our last oh, episode. Oh, man. There it is. Back in love, guys. Yeah. Thank you. She's, uh, a, she's a great woman. I love her. She is. <laughs> all right. So rounding back to 2,000 years of longing. Final thoughts. In all honesty, I feel like this movie was very, very well done. I just have a small issue with the ending. Oh, we did have. Okay. 
So in this movie, there's other Jen that are actually introduced to the main character before she ever meets um, Idris Elba. Yeah, Idris Elba. And there's no real payoff. No. Legit, like, we see two different Jin at the very beginning that, like, mess with Tilda Swinton. One tries to grab her card and pull her, and he's telling her he's going to take her to a, a world of mysteries in, uh, I forget the country they're in. And then there's another one, which is, like, almost like a ghost. Yes. It's very much like a ghost who's, like, in the middle of an auditorium talking to her, like, yelling at her as she's, like, trying to give a presentation, and she passes out. And I'm not sure if he's supposed to be either be, like, a djinn or an old god. He looks like an old yeah, king. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was like a spirit of, like, an old god. And just because it comes into the part where she's talking about how, like, the old gods are, like, Dude, dead. did you see on the screen she was actually talking about DC or Marvel? Like, yeah. Like, in her back panel Well, that that's actually been, like, a common thing that's been That's been a very big thing that, that with superheroes. Stuff, yeah. yeah, superheroes are the modern, like, um, well, they, mythological yes. gods. Or that's where they write they yes. them from. Well, yes. no, they actually say that the Greek pantheon has become uh, DC, whereas Zeus is Superman. Okay. Uh, her haze is gonna be uh, Batman. Batman. Hermes is the Flash. Yes. yes. No, sure. They actually stole the image of the original Flash yes. from Hermes, where he yeah, has he's the, got the wings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh. it's like, I mean, and, but it's funny because that even that pantheon that we're talking about, the Greek gods, has been derived from like other sources and like. Of course. It, yeah, the gods, the idea down from others and others. Yeah, basically, the idea of the gods and what they mean has been thrown through history. I just like that she talked about it in the movie because that's what she was portraying. Yes. A narrator. No, it's and it's true. Like, like, but, that's, but that's the thing. It's like there are modern myths in a way, superheroes. No, they really are. They are our current way. Like if you think about it, Jim Lee is our current Homer. <laughs> oh man, I didn't. Ooh, that is a good comparison. Hold on, hold on. Explain that one for me. The Odyssey, the Iliad. Oh, go to my. <laughs> <laughs> Homer was one of the greatest uh, Greek authors in terms of like poetry and stuff like that. Like he, w- they would call these stories he would tell like songs, but like he would literally go out and recite the Odyssey word for word as if it was like a presentation, a play. That is himself. that is modern Jim Lee. Jim Lee is the head of DC right now. He's overseeing all of this stuff, and he is our modern day Homer. He is like giving us these tales of these gods in modern world, like saving the day, coming through and being like protectors. And the villains they face, the demonic entities and stuff like that. Thank God that's what you meant, bro. My brain went to the Simpsons. I am so sorry, Joe, but thank you for the explanation on that one. I, I, I was like, how did this guy go to the Simpsons? And you did it, and I'm glad, because I was on a different plane on that one, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I am so glad I have one smart friend here with me. Thank you for understanding my reference. You know, I do what I can, and I can <laughs> what I do. But going back to what we're saying, we see these two entities that she sees... And then later on, we see her in the we see the two entities in the throne room with the Queen of Sheba, and he they're all there with Idris Elba's yes. character as a Jin. And this is all in flashbacks. But the ba- to be to be frank, there's no real conflict in this movie. It's mostly Idris Elba telling his story. The and conflict really is Tilda Swinton and Idris Elba at first. Yes, because she doesn't want to make any wishes He's because of all the horror movies that she's seen. The, yeah, and all the yeah. stories she yes. knows that. Oh, yeah. if I make a wish, you're gonna screw me over in some which way or form. And he's like, yes. No. And she's like, I beg to differ. Here's X Y Z explanation. And she gives a bunch of representations and gives like a bunch of comparisons from modern day stories. Yes. 
But the other thing too is like she tries to find a loophole where she's like, oh, I wish to enjoy this date, and she starts eating things. And she does make small wishes that. But it, but it, she it can, can, it can only yeah. So the point is, the wishes have to be her heart's desire. desire. Yes. And I thought that was really interesting. That was really. I yes. love that. Take. Yes, because like it's like you thought about it. Like in these stories, you get three wishes. You know, and like. You can wish any little thing so you don't fuck your life it over. It was really cool because they basically like modernized yeah, it. Yeah, but, so. it, but it has to be your heart's desire. And there are rules you can't make. You can't wish for more wishes or anything like that. Um, it has to be within its power and things like that. Oh, my God. Guys, before we leave this segment, we're going to act like we have a gin. And each one of us is going to say what our one wish is going to be. I just want to throw it out there. Okay, that's okay. fine. That's fine. So coming cool. back, though, real quick. So they introduce these two other gin. And we don't ever see them after these points. And they, it's a, we're talking about the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. So within the first like forty yes. minutes, easy we see them. And Maybe even less. Like, probably they're thirty. Never brought up. They're not even part of the resolution. I don't even think they have names. This is very true. They no. just pop in. But you know what? I think I think those two gins were the gins he was trying to reconnect with, but he couldn't because nobody made the wishes. So what if they were the two gins that he was referring to, like? I want to go to the. I get that. I can understand that, but you need to hint it. You need to give us like a a, a clue. It, yes, not even a clue. At the very end, when he actually does go back to the other realm, at least together. show him there yeah. with them. Yeah, embrace each other. See them like walk up and hug each other, and like we finally see that connection. Where like okay, they were trying to help their friend yep. come back, but you don't see any of that. Okay, you guys said George Miller made this movie, right? Yes. Did he have any feel-good moments in Mad Max? Yeah, I would say he did. Yeah? I would think so. Yeah. Or, or then I guess he just didn't I want mean, to do it this I mean, <laughs> when Charlize Theron got to kill Immortal Joe, that was a feel-good moment for her. Okay. Again, it's just, this movie was really close to perfect for me. I felt like it could have done without this other gen, and it would have been a perfect movie. Um, and it's a minor gripe. Honestly. It really is. Yeah. But the other thing is, too, for me, is that towards the end, I feel like the pacing goes off. Yeah, uh, that is an issue I had with it at the end. Is like after she does make her wish, I'm not gonna give this away. I want people to go see this movie, so I'm not gonna give away her wish. Yes. So I got because I don't remember what the wish was. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you after the podcast. Thanks, Jim. But she makes her wish, and at the at that from that point forward, the pacing of it gets very weird, to where it's just it kind of slows down a lot more, and there's not so much of storytelling. And we're seeing the events unfold, but we're not getting much out of it. Yeah. It slows down very hard for me, and I kind of wish that, because like, we kind of hear Tills when they give like, a, a narrative. Like narrative, yeah. yeah. I kind of wish what would have happened was, because she does it towards the end end of it, I kind of wish once she makes her wish, it goes into her giving her narrative and explaining the things that happened afterwards to where it becomes another story, but from another point of view. I agree. I'm, I mean, these are all reasons why it's not a perfect movie, but I really did enjoy it. But you're absolutely right. There, there are things here and there that I would have done differently to make this movie like more streamlined. I guess some people would say it dragged. I love the the, the kind of long aspect of it. You're right. At the very end, it does get really slow though. Yeah, I mean, for me yeah. personally, I love storytelling. Yes. I mean, that's my. That is why thing. I love this movie. Exactly. I love reading books. I love comic books. I love watching movies, playing video games because I like to watch the story unfold. I don't play online games. I play games for the story themselves. So I don't play Call of Duty. I play Last of Us. I play Borderlands. I play these games that have a big open world story, story narrative. Yes. Because I love the idea of stories yep. and this movie literally being yes. several stories being 
old to me is a beautiful thing. And that's, yeah, I definitely agree. It could have been more, it could have been done better. But overall, I will say, like, I liked what it did. First of all, it's an original movie. Yes. That's, yeah, that. that's like, a, it's such a big thing today, right? And it's so hard to find yes. these nowadays. Yes. They don't give them to many people. Yes. And the fact that it was literally just a storytelling movie, I'm okay with it. I give it an 8 out of 10. You guys give it. Honestly, I give it an 8.5. It, like I said, it has, like, those two issues for me that just bother me. Same. They're not major. I still love this movie, but those two things where it's like, I can watch this movie and up right up till when she makes her wish, I can stop there and be happy and just call it a day. And I want to see those two gin that pop up for no reason kind of have some payoff. Yes. Brian? All right. So for this movie, considering A, I knew nothing about it going in. I didn't see any reviews. I didn't know who was in it until you guys were like, hey, Brian, we're going to go see this movie. I was like, all right, dope, let's go. I saw it. Once I knew who the characters were, once I understood the story, one thing I really liked about the whole movie, it was very thought-provoking, and that caught me off guard, because the whole time I was watching a movie, I was thinking about what the movie was trying to tell me. The, they brought up the number three, and like the power behind the number three, and then you, I started seeing the number three uh, a lot in the movie. The number three is... See, I didn't catch that part, but the number three is actually like a big part of like occultism, and like it's, it's a really strong number. Yeah, so the references in that, me looking for that while I'm listening to the story, while they modernized it, the djinn being affected by cell phone towers and stuff. I kind of didn't like that part specifically, but you know. You know, yeah. uh, give and take, give and take. So uh, you guys gave, you gave it an 8, yes. 8.5. I'll settle right in and give it an 8.3. Can you do, is he allowed to do that? <laughs> he can do that. It's kind of a bitch move, but he can uh, do that. You know what, Joe, the power of three, let's uh, It's fine, it's fine. All right, really, wait, wait, wait. Oh, really wait, quick. You know there's... Three of us on this podcast. So right? we were going to say wishes. <laughs> yeah, no, we're going to get to that before okay, we do that. Okay, I'd really quick. George Miller, seventy-seven years old. Yes. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah, but so he did the entire Mad Max series. All those movies are his, even from the eighties. Right? What? Yes. Even from the eighties? All yeah. of them are his. He did his own movie. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. So, but guess what other movies he did? Go on. Happy Feet One and Two. <laughs> I love those movies. That soundtrack. They're the best dance moves. Ah, oh, go. Babe By and the way, Babe Brian, the Brian's a dad, if you didn't already know. <laughs> uh, guilty. Uh, babe and Babe Pig in the City. No way! He did not do Babe. Yeah. Are you serious? He did. Get out of here. Where is <laughs> that's that information at? I just it? checked it really quick. I, no I am beat it. I legit looked up his age. All right, all right. Okay, okay. And I had looked these up, and I just, I those stood out to me really quick. I'm like, no way this happened. Dude. That's insane. That's insane. See, this guy is all over the place. He is that all explains, over the place. That explains, yeah, that explains the, the, the movie explains way, way lot, more yeah. now. Like, this guy's over here playing with yeah. animals. I like so him. I like him. I do. I love his movies. Yeah. I, I, I look at all of them. I love all his movies. All right, all right, all right. So, all right. wishes. Let's do this. Go. So, you Wait, go first. Wait, me first. <laughs> I wasn't ready. We're going reverse alphabetically. Yeah, so, it starts it. with S. Then it goes to J. No, it should be alphabetical. That's Brian. Wow. Well, actually, Hey, I didn't create the language. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Brian came up with the idea. Hey, he should go first. Damn it. Okay. Saul's complaining. He should go second. Okay. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> all right. All right. Are these wishes that have no repercussions? No, no. no. We have to follow the same rules. Your heart's oh. desire. Your heart's oh. not, what, heart's not like that. And you can't. You can't wish for more wishes. And you okay. can't make someone fall in love with you. And you can't kill anyone. Double damn. All right, what's slightly left to wish for, then? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> all right, no, no, no. If I had a wish, and it was my heart's desire... It was for it's for me to have more time in the day than everybody else. So you all get to have your twenty four hours in a day. I will get more hours in your same time frame. 
So wait, you want to be the Flash? You want to be able to move faster than no, no. He just want more time. He just wants to be a capitalist slave during the day hours uh, more. No, I'm thinking more time lord status. Thank you very much. Uh, I want to be able to just have more time than everybody else. To do what? What I want to do? Oh, I, I want to play video games. <laughs> <laughs> I want to have time for me, my kid, video games. Binge Notice series. the first thing he said though was play more video games. Yes. His kid was not the first thing out of his mouth. Well, I want to play more video games. Ladies. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I'll Father of the year. He has two more wishes. Yeah. No, 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 no. We're we doing one. one. Yeah, we each, oh, we each yeah, do yeah, one. Yeah, 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 dude, we're acting like this microphone yeah. here. A it's our gin. Yeah, it's our gin. Now we each get we one. We all count as one person. We're all homies here. We each get one. We're not greedy ass bastards. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, yeah. All right. I created the idea, so who goes next? My wish is that Joe does not get a wish. Is that truly your heart's desire? There it is. I solved it. Stole my wish. I was legit going to do the whole thing where I wish your wishes didn't come true. Oh, my God. He totally did a callback to the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember that yeah, wish with like, the yeah. three guys yeah, in the, the ocean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back to my family. Okay, done. I want to go back home. Okay, done. I miss, my friend. I miss my friend. Bring him back. <laughs> John did the same thing. John did the same thing. He was. He was. He was. You got him. But so. I got him. Yeah. I got you. Got him. Got him. One last thing. I just want to say this real quick. And this is probably by far my favorite moment of the movie. Of the movie. And there was a line that the Jin said where he goes, when Jin were first born, were first created, the cosmos came together, the atoms were formed, and Jin were there. And to sustain ourselves, we told stories. Oh, that was such a good line. And again, why I love story. There's a part of me that kind of relates to that. I mean, so if you love movies, TV shows... Well, that's all stories being told, man. Just yeah. different production values, different companies. But back to our wishes. No, no, Joe, no. make your wish. Wait, wait. Not, not only that, though. Not only you that. Video games. Not only that, but you got to think about it this way. A filmmaker is like a gym. They're granting our wishes. You want to feel younger? You watch a movie? You put yourself in the shoes of the action hero. You feel young again. You go back to a time where you feel young from watching stories, movies and stories from a kid when they remake a movie that brings you back to then. You want to, you know, have more time in the day. Time slows down when you're in a really good movie. See, that goes back to my whole wish. I want more time, bro, for that reason. There it is. Thank you, Joe, for explaining the reasons of my wish. But go back to your wish, sir. We're going to, like, so you got your wish in a different timeline. But in this timeline, Joe, you get a wish. His wish is to undo your wish. No. We can't undo our wishes. That's another rule. <laughs> okay, new rule. Well, then he has to make a wish, too, because he can't make, get away my wish. So Soul has to make a wish, though. No, I said his his wish went through but in a different timeline. So in this timeline, you go. If I had to make a a real wish, honestly, it would be to for me to actually have like a small island up to myself. Fabricate. So one of the things that I always kind of hate and love about my life is I'm so close to my family. I wish that I had, like, if I want to escape, I want my own, like, little island to where I can just go snap my fingers on there, back and forth, however I want to be. I want to disappear for a month, I snap my fingers and go there. All right, Joe. I want to disappear for a month. where the island is. It's Hawaii. <laughs> go. I, I got family there, too. What? I got family in Hawaii. All right, fine. How about the Cayman Islands? Puerto Rico. It's hot. How about Mexico? It's hot now. <laughs> <laughs> very true, very true. Okay. All right, all I right. I like the wish. Right. I like the wish. All right. But again, the idea of like being able to go there as I wish, when I wish. Yes. Yeah. 
I don't have to worry about, you know, customs, traveling, passport. But not only that, but I don't have to worry about the money. Yep. Agreed. Very nice, man. All right. I like the wishes. So, you're mean. Among other things. (laughs) All right, guys. So, that was our take. That was our broken point of view on 3,000 Years of Longing. Definitely recommend it. Go watch it. Yes. Poor favor. Next up, guys. Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. Hey, yo. Let's go. Saul, why'd you make that face, man? So, I'm going to put off a lot of people here, but... You're going to what? Put off a lot of people. All right. What's new? Yeah, I was right. going to say... Mr. Hot Take? What's different from every other day? So, I'm not actually a big fan of uh, high fantasy. So, my opinion on this is going to be already biased. Um, I've never read any of the Lord of the Rings books. Same here. Go on. I have. And apparently there's a lot. That's why I've never read them. Go on. There's... Three main books for the Lord of the Rings. There's one book for The Hobbit, and then there's several other books that just give like side stories and background yeah. stuff. But they're not. I believe they're not done by Tolkien. Mm-hmm. I believe his son did some of them, and they're just like expansions. They don't like some people don't count them. Some people do. But going into this, I mean, I'm not even gonna lie. I, I can't really say I've ever watched any of the Lord of the Rings movies all the way through. Wait, yeah, what? I know. I know. So with that, so with that being said, I'm you just really, set yourself you set yourself up for success, sir. Because if you never watch the uh, originals, then you are watching the mother of all prequels. You are watching the one that's going to set you up to watch the actual Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, dude. I'm jealous of you. You I'm so say jealous that. Of you right now. You say that, but this series has been nothing but goddamn boring. Wow. Talk about a hot take. Okay, so I'm going to get my hot take. (laughs) (laughs) And out hot his hot take. I don't like any of the Lord of the Rings movies or the Hobbit movies. Oh, there it is. Wow. Okay, you guys. I'm so, all right, I feel ganged up on right now, and I'm going to have to douse both your hot takes. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. We're not done yet. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Go. The Hobbit movies were literally drawn out. Those are cash grabs. Those are cash grabs. Oh, hardcore. Okay. They're drawn out. They could have been done in two at most. They I didn't need three. I was going to say, I watched like two out of those Hobbit movies, and they were goddamn boring. Out of all the Lord of the Rings yes. movies you could have watched, you watched the Hobbit series. Yes. Okay. Yeah, they were out in theaters, you know. But the Hobbit movies literally could have been done in less movies. They didn't have to do all no. three. No. It was a complete cash grab, and in all honesty, I felt like they didn't need to be done in the first place. Absolutely. The Lord of the Rings movies. I side with Kevin Smith and Clerks too. Those movies are all about walking. You spend three hours walking, then you spend some more time walking in the snow, and then finally he gets to the Mount Mordor, drops the ring in, and walks back. Now, mind you, there are some action sequences here and there. Some people do get killed. But it is more political jargon and people talking and explain how they need to be the ones to take control of the Ring of Power. And it's in all honesty, those movies were so poorly paced and so horribly done casting-wise. I did not like The Hobbit's casting at all. Eh, I'll give you that one. Aragon was dope. He Legolas like, was okay. Orlando Bloom, bro. He went from Lord of the Rings to Pirates of the Caribbean afterwards. Yeah, he disappeared from the face of the world after that. Yeah, For, he a did, reason. He did. For a reason. For a reason. Gimli was okay. Like, the only 
time Gimli was fun and funny to be around was when he's talking crap about Legolas. Yes. I, actually, I was going to say it. So, not seeing the, all the movies all the way through, I've seen parts and pieces, and every single time, I actually love Gimli because of his back and forth with Legolas. And honestly, that's like the only highlight of the fucking movie. So, if you've been watching Rings of Power, how did you not catch that kind of reference going on between the dwarf prince and the elf that went to go see him because they are names? friends? First of all, I don't care about any of these characters. <laughs> There's no redeeming quality to any of these characters. There's no main character! That's the point. You no. are... You can't have... Okay, look. You can't... This is Game of Thrones style where you have multiple main characters. Yes, yes. They're doing a but horrible job yes. of portraying that. You can't... First of all, you need you need to make me care about some of these characters. Some people died. Did I care about them? No, I'm guessing not. I don't care about... Who, who are the main characters supposed to be? Okay. So the main character of is, the whole series that they're trying to explain is Gal- Galadriel. Yeah, the girl who right. was dragging her fucking crew through fucking middle of nowhere for two... How long have they been out there? Hundreds of years, actually. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And they just wanted to go home. And she's like, nah, we, we, we're not done yet. Okay, We're but, not done until I okay. say I'm done. Okay, but why did she start her journey? Do you remember that? Yeah, it's because her brother died. By who? Oh, God forbid that other people haven't been killed by this guy. Okay, the, the guy is? Lorgul. Yeah. No, Sauron. It's Sauron. No, yeah, he's it's not Sauron. there yet. Well, it's Sauron. It's, it's, Sauron. it's Sauron. No. It, it, the it's Lord Sauron. Lord on yeah. it is Sauron, bro. Yeah, it's Sauron. Sauron comes in and makes the Rings of Power to overthrow Morgul. He creates these Rings of Power and gives them to everyone to create an ultimate army to fight him. No, but it is Sauron that they're actually... Yeah, they're like... Yeah, yeah. That's that's what she's looking for. They're calling him Morgul, though. No, no, no. Morgul... Okay, they're calling Morgul and his army. He's got other names and stuff. Okay, so here's the point. Okay, I'll give you that. Okay, but point is, she's She's only going after him for vengeance. But she's not a likable person. She's not, you're not supposed to like her, though. Yeah, you're not. So you're who's the... Like you're supposed to like the main character in the story! You're I supposed to, but not in this movie. Yeah, not according to these writers. They okay, first of, all, to, like, first of all, watch them. Storytelling 101. You are supposed to like the character you're, you're following. Okay, yeah? so let me give you some... Uh, and give some, me some other characters. Give me some other characters that are main characters. In this? Yeah, in this Eldron. No, not Eldron. Like, main good characters that we're supposed to like. Uh, the Black Elf, I forget yes. his name. What are his character traits? Besides, He's black. Yeah, exactly. He shoots an arrow. He oh. he fell in love with a human woman. Aronder is his name. Is that his name? Yeah. First of all, name. what are his character traits? Tell me. Why should we like him? He's stoic. <laughs> <laughs> He's stoic. He foresees danger coming. He tries to protect the one he loves. Um, that's typical it's, hero 101. It's just, there's no character in there. He's Batman without the backstory. Yes. Yeah, and then you got the elf. The main, I, the main elf that's no. And don't forget the dwarves. What do they call the, the the girl that find the the guy that fell out of the sky? They're not dwarves. They're hobbits. They're hobbits. Sorry. And then the guy that fell out of the sky. One of the rumors going around is that's Gandalf. Bro. No, it's not. I said it's one of the rumors. Okay, going but around. we don't even know that. Who's the girl that like rescued him or whatever? The the. The female that hobbit. That tribe is so fucking annoying. Well, see, the thing is, <laughs> that, is whole, hobbit that whole tribe, so, that whole tribe, so hold on, hold on. No it's like the time. guy breaks his leg and like, oh, you can't carry your cart? Well, I guess we're going to leave you behind. When did the hell would be? They like, never said what? that. Hey. Oh, you guys haven't seen episode. Oh. We haven't seen, oh, so this is three? Spoiler. So there. real quick, so I've only seen all three episodes. Me and Brian have only seen the first two. Okay, so let me give you guys a little bit of a... Uh, let me give you guys a little bit of history lesson with this tribe that we're dealing with. Go for it. They, They're short and hairy feet? No, not even. They're, um, they... Hairy legs? 
Yeah, well, they're... Nice yeah. Gone. They travel. They, they're okay. nomads. They're nomads. So, yeah, they're nomadic. They they're can, nomadic. They give that away in part two. Yes. So they travel, right? So in in episode two, the guy breaks his leg. Yeah. Yes, because his daughter yeah. wasn't there to So help. guess what that means? They're about to leave. Well, the first thing they ask, like, when yeah. she comes back from the, from the doctors, so, so, is can he, can he travel? Yes. And cause guess what? They're about to leave. And because he's got a broken leg, what do you think that means? Either they're going to put him on a cart or they'll leave us behind. Oh, no, no, no. They have to carry their own cart. He has a daughter and a wife. They no, 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 no. He's, he's got a wife. He's got a, he's got a lady. He's he got has a lady. Yeah, he does? Totally, yeah, yeah, he does. yeah, the lady, the girl has a mom. Yeah. But we're talking about like a heavy ass thing. Let me tell you. They're not, they don't help. They don't fucking help. They don't help each other. Oh, the, the, the tribe doesn't help the, each other. Yeah, so like Everyone when they move, when themselves. they travel. Darwinism. Yeah, when they travel, <laughs> when they travel, you have to carry your own fucking cart. All right, so what I'm hearing is a lot of more weight just got added onto his daughter because if his daughter can't carry him, he's dead. Well, the other no, thing the too is family can't move, can't continue with the with the tribe. Really? That's what I'm telling you. This is stupid. It's I dumb. I need to really go watch episode three right now. So basically, basically they're like, okay, well we're we're moving. You guys can come with us if you can keep up. Well, again, they're it's not that they won't take the daughter and the wife. It's no, like, no, 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 no. They they're, won't leave the dad behind. No, they're in charge. That whole family unit is in charge of their cart. No one else from, like, yeah. is going to help them. Uh-huh. So they have to move that cart to keep up when they're migrating. Okay. And if they don't, which they can't because of a broken leg, right, right. no one helps them. They get left behind. They make a little sad song about it. Oh, you know, this song is for, like, all the people we've left behind. And then that's it. You just get a little song. But I mean, if Norian befriended that one dude that fell from the sky, that right, guy could right. legitimately carry the cart. Yeah, but I mean, that doesn't still speak well about the fucking village. Oh yeah, no, I'm just trying to find a solution for this family because they feel like they got the short end of the straw. The dude was trying to lift up like a tent or something for the tribe, and he got screwed over just because his leg broke while no, trying no, no, to do no. it for them. If he knows what happens, it's the constant. daughter was supposed to be there. No, no, no. The giant who fell from the sky. Yes. Right? Magic person. Yes. Legit. He was like shouting and doing some magic bullshit. And every time he does that, someone gets hurt. And it kept back, going back and forth between him and that. They're tied together. He somehow broke that leg. It's true. That's crazy. So, bottom line is, I, I'm not sure who I'm supposed I, I know who I'm supposed to root for. Okay. But I don't like these people. Okay, okay. So, let me just put it to you this way. In this Rings of Power, you're, there's one main character from each uh, race. There's a main character for the elves. There's a main character for the dwarves. There's a main character. No, there might be two main you characters. You have three elves. main characters for the elves. I got two. Galadriel. Yes. And the the politician Elrond. guy. Yes. And then we have the black elf. I keep forgetting his name. Oh, that's right. Oh, I yeah, forgot about yeah. Okay, so you got three elves to watch in the elf race. You got one dwarf who's the prince to watch for him. You got that one nori uh, from for the, the hobbits. Hobbits. God. And then we have the humans. We have the the white the woman that the elf fell in love with and his her son. That one. And Who there's has actually, a sword? By the way, there's another human that gets introduced in the third <gasps> episode. Whoa. Okay, gotta watch the third episode even more so. So going on, I've already counted six characters you gotta watch for. Then uh, there's a But none of them are likable. Okay. First of all, wait, wait, the wait. human lady, her son, is like fucking messing around with like, like dark. Yeah, it's like Jesus. So awesome, but when that happened, like you, you have a son. You're, you're trying to protect him. Homeboy finds your stash, and you're like, dude. Well, that wasn't even her son. 
I want to know where that sword came from because they found that under someone's barn. Yeah, no, the whole point is like it called out. Or yeah, something. just like the Ravenwood. Like it called out and somebody found it. And now it, it took a part of his blood and it started like rebuilding. That shit was it's, crazy. Well, no, I thought about it and like legit, I thought about it. And I'm like, this is ingenious. Whoever wrote this part was a genius. Wait, wait, sorry. About the sword growing from blood from the person? Blood has iron. So every time the sword, it cuts someone and they bleed onto it, the iron from the blood absorbs into the sword and rebuilds the sword. All right, Joe. I'm going to hit you with this random anime fact from 1990-something. Naruto did it first. There was, a, <laughs> there was a swordsman from the Mist Village. He had a sword that oh, hit man, the shark. Because somebody... The shark had the, no, it wasn't the shark sword. It was like this headhunter sword. Had a hole in the sword. That was a... That was a sword. If it broke, all you had to do was cut somebody, and the blood from that enemy would rebuild the sword. Because oh, there it why? is. Yeah, there the it is. The iron from the blood rebuilt it. It's been done, sir. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm still saying that it was an ingenious way to show us that yes. the sword is magical and has a bunch of power. Agreed. Okay, so, hot take. Oh. I'm finding the series incredibly boring. While I'm finding it to be kind of boring, I'm enjoying it more than the movies. Hey, Okay, as a person that just likes watching anything Lord of the Rings related, I'm trying to find every commonality, every callback to the movies. I'm trying to find out what are they putting in this show that's calling back or calling forward or foretelling what's coming up in The Hobbit, what's coming up in The Lord of the Rings. They've already been trying to like show this uh, sigil of Sauron and be like, that's the sigil we're following. There's rumors going around, like the sigil takes the people to the Mount Mordor. You you find out in episode three. Well, not only uh, that, but they're about to build the actual place where they make the rings. Yes, and that was yes. made by the dwarves. And again, you, partnership episode, with the three. Elves. episode three. Yes, so I'm saying, you, you watch Lord of the Rings, you see the Eye of Sauron and the tower it's in, and you're like, how the hell did that get there? And you don't know, they never explain it. Now you're watching a series that is explaining everything over 3,000 years in the past. They straight up said this movie is so far back in the past, and that's what makes the character Gla uh, Galadriel, Galadriel so... That one. So interesting is because she's here now. You're watching her as, like, a baby, basically, because she even turned down going to the gates of, like, heaven for yeah. the elves because she is so hell-bent on vengeance for her brother, ah, finding these so orcs, finding dumb. everything, but it leads to greater things if you watch the movie. So that's what I'm trying to say right now. No, I actually like the fact that they actually explain the elves come from a different plane. Yes. I mean, that's cool and all, but, I mean, as a first-time watcher... Well, no, it like, leads into the whole fact that Tolkien based all this up off Christianity. Well, yes, yeah. Elves are that. Yeah, elves are pretty much supposed to be your angels. Orcs are your demons. Okay, so that is... Sauron's your devil. Gandalf's your Jesus character who died, come back to life. Even more powerful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have your humans... And dwarves are pretty much just random ass characters they threw in there for no reason. No, uh, we can just call him. No, never mind. Not gonna go there, but let's go on. But yeah, I mean, the whole Lord of the Rings was a hardcore Christianity like parallels. Even so much so that the books were had moments where they literally list off genealogy. You're like, oh, son of so and so, son of so and so, oh, and son I, of so and so. I, I, even in the show, you're like, oh, like this genealogy means a lot. Apparently, it really does. And for like hardcore readers of that, they want to know that stuff. And biblical people, they want to know that stuff as well. Me, as a casual, does not give two shits. That's, and that's kind and of that's what I'm... boat you're in. Yeah, so that I, is the yeah. boat you're in. You're it a is. casual watcher. Joe knows way too many facts about different movies, so he can find the callbacks to it. And I'm just a fan. I, I love I mean, it all. Yeah, I guess I, I would have to say, if you know nothing about Lord of the Rings, 
this is probably not the series for you. No, no, no. Actually, if you don't know anything about Lord of the Rings, I this is the series for you. I just said they set you up for success, bro. After you watch this whole series, you may find yourself wanting to find out more about these Watching characters. this series sustains on the fact that I care about anything about the shit that's happening in this series. <laughs> and I don't care. So, I don't care. So, you mean to tell me if a man falls out of the sky today near your house... You're not going to go check out that dude that fell into the There's a million ways to tell that story a hell of a lot more interesting than what they are doing. Also, I am not going to run to the crater to go help the man. I'm going to go get my gun. And, and it's like, and repeatedly, well, see, they tell, get a get repeatedly, phone, repeatedly, they tell this girl, like, hey, why are you, like, putting your ass in line for this guy that you don't even know? And also the reason why your dad broke his leg. And she's just like, I have a feeling. And it's like, that's... Honestly, the Hobbit aspect of the whole thing is very, very just... The entire time, like, you are too stupid yes. to live. That, that that whole tribe, watching all of their scenes, I'm just like, you guys are all fucking stupid. You guys are all so dumb. But you saw how they hide from their predators. Like, in the very beginning of the very first episode, they showed how well they could camouflage to hide from predators. So, they could be dumb, but they know how to hide well. Good for them. It doesn't help the story. Exactly. This is probably the origins of the Hobbit. It is freaking yes. gene, like the yes, race. Like, it is. It you're is. No, we are seeing. You're it. basically yeah. seeing the cavemen of the of the Hobbit. We're seeing yes, the first of three tribes. You're absolutely so right. We are dumb, and I don't care. <laughs> it's not it's good tough. storytelling. I don't care. Let's go back to what we were saying about um, three thousand years alone. Yes, we love storytelling, <laughs> and this is terrible storytelling. Like, Even though. Okay, I get it. I, I can see your guys' point. I see your guys' point. It's kind of broken, but I'm not going to get into that. But <laughs> if you've watched The Hobbit, if you watch Lord of the it's, Rings, that's a lot. Watch... That's a lot of payoff. It's like no, but see, okay. it's like you want me to do homework now. Wait, wait, no, so no, no, wait, no, 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 no. What you're telling me right now is you're pretty much telling me I have to watch the Snyderverse to enjoy this movie. <laughs> I have to watch the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League, a four-hour movie that couldn't make it. In theaters, it was so horribly done. They brought somebody else in to finish it. So poorly made, they had to do a four-hour cut to make it make sense. I'm saying, you want me to go and watch the Snyderverse version of the Lord of the Rings? Where yes. I have to watch yes. The extended That's cut exactly. Of the Lord and of only the Rings then, and the Hobbit, and even only then will you get the stuff that they're hinting at in this series. It's not even what the series is about, but what they're hinting at in this series. In name uh, is answer. Look, I'm sorry. It's just like any other series we watch, whether it's Batman, Superman, and The Flash, you could watch their series currently, but if they make a callback or they give you a prequel of The Flash, the prequel of The Batman, prequel of Superman, you're going to go watch it, but you already know who Superman is currently, but you're going to go watch the prequel and find out what can they tell you that you don't already know. And that is what they are trying to do here. They're they're Wait. jumping on the prequel bandwagon that everybody else and their mama is jumping on. Just can to I, put uh, out there. Can I just say this real quick? Sure. This is the issue I have with all and every prequel ever made. Oh wait, 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 Joe. Please go on. You are giving me a story that's taking place before the main story, right? Correct. I know what's gonna happen. Why do I care about this whole story right now? I know Galadriel's gonna live. I know Elrond's gonna live. I know they're gonna be there later on for the Lord of the Rings to do nothing then. <laughs> Why do I care what they're doing now in the prequel? Money, Joe. 
That's why. Money, Joe. <laughs> that is why you care. Joe, that Joe, is why you there's care. Uh, millions of fans of The Lord of the Rings. And, the people and they suck. And, but they are loyal. And they will watch this series. Okay, all right. All right, so final ratings. Final ratings. Wait, wait. Hold oh, on. I want to, I want to address this. Because he's trying to like, just like, throw some shade at me right now. Like, there are millions of fans who are loyal to this. Dude, I love Batman. I will watch every Batman movie. If you give me a Batman prequel after I've seen the movie, I don't care as much about that movie because I want, I know one thing. Batman's going to live. There's no <laughs> risk for that. Mm-hmm. And therefore, why do I care about watching this movie? If you give me a movie... <clears throat> Gotham. I was going to say the Gotham series. That is basically the Batman prequel. But I think last time I remember me and Joe talking about that, we I did. We did. hated we did. that yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I hated that too. Dude, they didn't give me the story I wanted for Gotham. And I'm not going to get into that right now because I'm not talking about it. But, yeah. but God, same, same feeling. Same feeling. I, I, same feeling, same feeling towards same prequels. Yeah. It's just the prequels it's a in general. Like, yeah. But yeah, there's no happen. risk involved in these unless you do a prequel that takes place away from your main characters for people that we don't know anything about. Because we don't know what's going to happen to them. The problem is they introduce a bunch of characters that we know already. Yeah. So we know who's going to live, who's going to die. We know the major outcome of the whole storyline. If you're so, in books. If you watch the movies. If you watch the first movie, you know the outcome. So did it. So he doesn't know who any of these characters are. I don't know are. who any of these he's people are. Right now, I'm just like, I'm just like why do I care about these people? pivotal to help out uh, for she, Frodo. She really, Dude, she, she didn't even help Frodo. She tried to do the ring and snapped at one point, and then she went all dark orb looking thing. And then she was like, went back to normal, like, I cannot take the ring. It's not for me. She tried. Yeah. And she snapped and went a little fucking feral. It happens to the best of us, bro. It's called being married. Jesus Christ. Dang. Sorry. Don't ever get married. I, you know, I'm, so... Says the guy who hasn't been married yet. <laughs> and I know the evil's behind it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So, but, final ratings. Final ratings on the two episodes. I give it a seven. Honestly, it's not horrible to watch. I like how it actually made everything very practical. Visually, it looks good. Story-wise so far... It's kind of whatever for me. And again, it's a prequel. I don't care so much about how the story's going. I know where it's going to end up. I, so I don't really care about these characters. The only thing I really want to know right now, the giant that fell from the sky, is it Saruman? Is it Gandalf? Or is it one of the blue wizards? Because there's two blue wizards who fell originally. Saruman and Gandalf come later on in the storyline, yeah. but they may introduce them early for the story to tell it. I am going to give this a uh, six. Well, Oh, I, felt it. It I felt it a six. I thought he yeah. was eight. It's not terrible, terrible. Um, I suppose if you know anything about Lord of the Rings, you might like it more than I did. Um, I know I like it a little bit more than you, yeah. and I know more about it than you. But again, it's, yeah, it's uh, I personally, I don't know if I want to keep watching this show. I want to see the payoff. I want to see the. I'm gonna at least watch this whole first season because I kind of want to see how it's going to end, and where they're going to end it at. Because I know they're not going to end it with the rings coming out. I know for a fact. No, no. Because they can't. They, yeah. they need to have multiple yeah. seasons to make this and make there, sense. And there is a lot of lore, apparently, for them to, like, cover. There's so much more, dude. It's ridiculous. But the point is, honestly, like, the pacing of the show, the characters, just looking at it objectively as, like, a storytelling device, I, I'm not sure if I want to keep watching this show. I, I, so far, any of the stories that are being told, I'm just... I don't know if I need to see the payoff. So, six. Brian? Alright, gonna one up on both of you. I'm gonna give it an eight. Okay, here's why though. It's like the anti of what you both said. 
So anti the storytelling for Saul because you don't know where it's leading to, right? So you're just like, I don't care about any of these characters. I don't know what's going to happen, but I don't care. That is a valid point to anybody who's just jumping into the series. I don't blame you. I don't hold it against you. I still love you. But... You're damn right. Yeah. Every day, bro. Uh, no, but as a Lord of the Rings fan, I've watched The Hobbit. I've watched all the Lord of the Rings. i watched the extended versions just because it was the Snyder Cut back in the day. The extended versions yeah, were the Snyder yeah. Cuts. So you watch it all because there's so much story, so many different races they have to touch into. So much walking. So much walking. Which, what's funny, that's so Even the streets walked in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so funny because the old, like, uh, uh, he talked about it in the first, like, the walking was all about the movies. I'm like, dude, that was like the first episode. They were just walking for hundreds of years. We saw Lord of the Rings, three movies of walking. So, like, it makes sense. There, It's a callback. It, it, there's, it's back in medieval times. There's no other mode of transportation yet. So they can do nothing but walk. I give it the eight because they are doing a lot of call. For, I can't say it's callbacks. Foreshadowing. A lot of foreshadowing that's making me happy. They still have some mysteries inside that they never even touched on in Lord of the Rings. They never touched on The Hobbit. What the hell is this sigil about? Who are these Harfoots? Are they related to The Hobbits? Are they the, the predecessors to The Hobbits? I don't know. And those are the questions I actually want to see. I enjoy the cinematic production levels. These guys had all the money in the world to play with. When it came to each episode, you could see it. The, the scene alone in the ocean with that sea monster coming at them, that was good. The mountain scene, all the CGI they're inputting, I love it all. But Joe's raising his hat, so Joe, go. Uh, the Harfoots are actually the uh, tribe that become the hobbits we meet in yeah, Lord of the Rings. They're the predecessors. So they are the predecessors. They are. Love it. I, I hate them. I hate them so goddamn much. You hate I, them? I just like that they... Like, I, they're the worst yeah. race I've ever seen. They were so easily pleased. They're like... They, I hate them. They're like so happy because they eat berries or whatever. And I was like, God, stop being so happy. Bro, if you were a caveman and you found berries, you'd be happy too. Maybe. That is what they are basically showing these hardfoots at. They are the cavemen of the hobbits. Okay? Wait till episode three. Let me know how you feel. They don't even have caves. They haven't made their hobbit holes yet. They're yeah. beyond yeah. They're not even caving. Yeah. Exactly. They're doing makeshift hobbit holes. Watch episode three. Let me know what you think about the hardfoot. So far, you're telling me they're heartless bastards. They are. <laughs> so until and I watch dumb. episode three. And dumb. Okay. Until I watch episode three, it's an eight for me, and that's what I'm saying. Okay. Heartless foot. Heartless hardfoots. And Very with good. that, how about we move on to better Thrones. Better House high Wait, wait. Are we about to talk about another prequel series to a series that has already been done yep. and yes wow well, what a coincidence right it's, Dude, like, what it's, like, it's like everyone is doing that oh who, would, who would have thought would have thought prequels it's a season of pre- it's the, the season, season of, of prequels. prequels oh man alright so let's get into it uh, Game of Thrones created their prequel called House, House of, of the Dragon. House of the Dragon. House of the so, Dragon. Not gonna lie, originally I was not gonna pay any attention to this because it is a prequel, and I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's by far the greatest That's the greatest hot take ever. <laughs> but with that being said, apparently, apparently, I should have been watching this instead of uh, Reigns of Power. Because you know not only does it have Matt Smith in it, and I love him from uh, Doctor, Doctor Who. Who. Yes. yes. Amazing, amazing performance. His dancing in Morbius. Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow. You really, dude, how would... Oh my god. So, you watch Morbius before you watch man. House of Dragons? I actually haven't seen Morbius. I just somehow know that scene. 
Because that's what, yeah, yeah, exactly. Gifts, and right? Yeah, exactly. That's only through osmosis. Only through osmosis. You want to hear something funny? Jesus. I have not seen anything like GIF or like spoiler related to Morbius at all. I like legit never seen anything. I <laughs> you watched never the movie. saw the dance scene. And until I saw the movie the other day. <laughs> not until I saw the movie the other day. And I was laughing so hard at work. Dude, I've only seen GIFs, so I don't have any context. The only thing I've ever seen from the movie was the poster, like, the poster image where it's like Jared Leto as like with the yeah, vampire yeah. mask. That's the only thing I've ever seen. Yeah. I never saw anything else pop up. I had no idea that Matt Smith was even in that movie. I found out when I put it on. <laughs> Me too. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> I've only seen the the gifts. Wait, wait, like, wait, wait, wait. We can't get into Morbius. We're talking about okay, yeah. I was going to say, we can say that for another episode. Yeah. So, But yeah, so we'll, Matt we'll Smith ahead. is in this, and I love him. I, whatever he does, I'm going to be kind of like, pay attention to No, it. but it's so crazy because we a lot of people only know him from Doctor Who, which is like, he's a hero, right? Yeah. Now, they put him into a series where he's... He's like a villain, but he's not really a villain. He's just somebody who's just trying to make a name for himself. But he comes off as a villain to most. and But he does it so fucking well. Like, See, I watched God. the wrong show. I, I wish I had not seen The Reign's Power and instead had seen this show. No lie. I, I honestly like Matt Smith as a villain. He does a great job being very menacing. And I think it has mainly... The, the main thing that I think it has to do with is he constantly shaves his eyebrows. He does! He did it in Doctor Who! God damn! He did it in Doctor Who! The things you notice, bro. The things you notice worries me. No, but he absolutely did that in Doctor Who. Well, no, he shaved his head in Doctor Who. He did. Yep. Someone, I I can't remember who, but someone on the, I think the cast actually had cancer. So him and Karen Gillian shaved their heads to show support. And then Karen Gillian went and became Nebula. So it helps her for that. But he also shaved his head and he shaved his eyebrows. Because someone on the I think who was like on the crew, not even the cast, on the crew, was diagnosed with cancer, and they're going through chemo. I just love the guy that much more. Like, how much no, more can I love this guy? I love him as a hero. Yeah. I love him as a person. I love him as a. He villain. was actually supposed to be in the Star Wars uh, sequels, the last movie. No. Yeah, way. See, but his part was completely cut. They kept going back and forth on what they wanted to do. They did not. Okay, so. Besides the point, but he was supposed to be. He has no luck with movies. Yeah, he doesn't, and that's one of the things that I was like, "Yeah, oh my god, you're right." Terminator Genesis. He was actually Skynet. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that. He's a really good actor, and I feel like he gets the worst movie roles. I want to blame his publicist or his agent. Yeah, his agent. Whoever's hooking him up with the roles on movies. Yeah, he was supposed to be in Star Wars, though. He was supposed to be. um, I remember hearing about that because he's supposed to be in the first movie. They announced him in the first movie. He's gonna be someone. He wasn't even gonna be a bad guy. He was gonna be a good guy. He was supposed to be in like the Rose Quadrant. By the time that the third movie was coming out, he was supposed to be the main antagonist. He was supposed really? to be the son of um, what's his name, the guy that was training Kylo. Son of Palpatine? No, 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 sorry. Son of Luke? No, son no, of um, uh, uh, Snoke. Yeah, oh, there's he so was many supposed to be related to Snoke. Yeah. I lost track. And then there was another story. Also, where... Snoke did not have eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> but besides that, yeah, he, he's just had like a lot of bad luck. So. I'm kind of glad that, you know, he's doing well on this show. From what I've been hearing. Again, I have not seen the episode. So, wow. the last episode. I'm going to really quick go into it. Wait, you're going to lead with the last episode, Joe? Can we talk about episodes one and two? We first? can, but I want to go into the last episode for <sighs> from Kilbert. Just, just, we're just loving Matt Smith right now. Fine. Matt Smith has the best episode in episode three. For the sheer fact that he says two lines. But he's the main point of the entire episode. He literally doesn't speak for most of it. It was so amazing. Like, 
the whole time. Like, everything was revolving around him. Whatever he was about to do was pivotal to the story of the episode. But he only said two lines. It was That's so amazing. Well done. Dude. And it, 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 I think it's only because it was Matt Smith that he was able to pull that shit off. Like, there was so a good. moment, a moment for me that I was like, he plays a villain so well. And I call it his kingpin moment. Wow. Okay. Go on. So, have you guys seen Daredevil? Of yes, course. Absolutely. Wait, Wait so was... you saw it? Of course. Sorry, I did. I had a question. Go on. To... <laughs> <laughs> Noted. <laughs> you remember the, the scene of where kingpin grabs his lackey? Puts it in the car door yes, and slams the contains yes. until it decapitates him. Yes, Matt Smith does that with his own helmet. But he was falling into the trap. You don't kill the messenger. He literally went the opposite way. He said, "I'm gonna kill this messenger." Like I didn't like the message you gave me. I'm gonna kill you. And his own team had to stop him. They're like, "Bro, chill. It's not his fault." But he didn't care. It was his kingpin moment. He was literally ready to kill a messenger. He took his helmet off. He walks up. The guy goes, "I have a message from your brother, the king." hands in the message, explains to him why everything's going on, and you just see him just stoic, zero words, no, says nothing, grabs his helmet, grabs the messenger, and starts bashing the head in. Continuously, blood splatters. It is a beautiful moment. It is so well done. Like, and what's great, okay, man, well, we can't talk about the episode yet. Like, we gotta talk about episodes one and two, but we're gonna go back to that, Joe, because there's a reason why he bashed that dude's head in, the, the, what was said in the letter, and that leads to his actions for the final, like, what, two, three minutes of the episode that yeah. did everything for him, and it was so great. But back to the episodes went into what Saul did not watch. Um, so Joe, pretty much, this whole series is the Targaryens. The uh, Targaryens have the throne. But I hate the Targaryens. Why do you hate, hold on, hold on, why do you hate the Targaryens so? Is because Aryans in their name? Is it because they're hot and they could live through fire being small, on them? Mad King. Daenerys. The Mad Queen. <laughs> <laughs> Who is uh, hot enough to live through fire. Name one good thing about the Targaryens. They have dragons, fool! What more do you need? They're the only uh, family that has control of dragons. Ten they of also them. love inbreeding. They love inbreeding. I don't they're know royal why, family. But, I mean, they have dragons, so that's the part that I always focus on because I don't like focusing on the other stuff. Mad King, Mad Queen, I don't like looking at that, but I love looking at the dragons. What's that word? Jacaris? Jacaris. Jacaris. I would Jacaris you right now, so just because that means a dragon would come blow fire on your ass and you die. That's how powerful they are. All I'm saying is a Lannister always repays their debts. Ooh. As he takes a maniacal swig of his water. (laughs) (laughs) So I know what house you like. Joe, go on. Wait, wait. So real quick. House Lannister... House Targaryen? Of course. Greyjoy. Really? You pay the higher price. The Drowned King? What is death may never die. Uh, damn. The most metal of houses, sir. The most metal of houses. <laughs> <laughs> I that Bro, I have the Iron Throne. How much more metal do you need to get for that? That's all good. So who are the bad guys in this series? Targaryens. Well, yes. no, like it's this is like the Targaryens taking over everything. No, no, no. They already have power. It's uh-huh. now just infighting. Oh, yeah. So pretty much the way it's working is the king at the moment, he has no firstborn son. He has a daughter. Dude, that leads so well to the episode of like, his okay, 
So to joke, okay, I got excited. Sorry, John. so this is why I get excited. So again, a king in this timeline, they're only as valuable as their firstborn or their sons. He has a daughter of age. She's good. She's smart. She's there. She's there. But this guy, the king, never names her as an heir to the throne, and that is a big, big deal because well, he has no, no son. The entire time, he's just constantly trying to get a son. His wife though says, "I've had three stillbirths." And five miscarriages. And it doesn't stop him from trying to put another one in. And what's so crazy about the... Was it was it the second episode or the first one? It's the first episode still. Okay, so first episode, they're having like a tournament of knights. Wait, no, sorry. That was the second episode. So, okay, so first episode. <laughs> Dang it, it. The second episode ends with a tournament and the baby being born. In and we episode. find out in the beginning of the second episode what happened with the baby. I thought not in the beginning of episode three. No, they begin the episode. No, episode three begins with uh, they find out that he got remarried and had the firstborn son with the the girl's friend. Okay, so then episode two is pregnancy and the first ever medieval C-section. No, that's episode one. Episode two starts with the funeral. Oh my god! Okay, you're right. So that's what got me excited was the fact that in episode one they literally had his advisors tell him. Look, your wife is about to die having this kid, which is a son. Wait, wait, wait. Can I? You're, you're going too quick. Ah, fine. Slow me down, Joe. Slow me down. It is. He finds out his wife's having giving birth at the on this day, right? Uh, where where they're fighting. The knights are having well, a no, no. tournament. He planned the tournament around the birth of the son, so he to knows the weekend's going to happen. Yeah. So he plans a tournament. All the head of the houses pick their best knights, and they have a big ass tournament. One. It's supposed to be a friendly tournament. I know there's some jousting, a little sword fighting, but when someone wins, they win. These dudes go too far, they start hacking each other's heads off and arms off. It's so awesome. People die in a special friendly tournament. Yeah. So, while this happens, the hand of the king comes up. Uh, sir, your wife is screaming like a bitch. Can <laughs> you come take care of this real quick? <laughs> Goes to the room, and the maester's there like, hey... The baby is turned sideways, and we can't fix it. There is a method we can do this with, but it's going to kill your wife. If we don't do this, they're both going to die. Do you want us to save the son or kill them both? Save the son. Yeah. Dude, they were talking about doing the C-section. It was the craziest The answer is you saved the son. Yes. Yeah. So, there is no anesthesia. There is no epidural. They say, hold her down, and they grab a big-ass knife, and they just carve into her stomach. To take out the son. And they do. And the son lives. And the baby's crying. Mom does die. She bled out because there was no way to stop the bleeding from cutting a big hole in her stomach. And ripping a baby out. And that's how they end episode one. Yeah. Question. Yes. Are there dragons? Yes. Yes. In the very beginning, we see the princess, Rhaenyras, flying her dragon. And then the mother makes a reference to, like, you smell like a dragon. You smell horrible. I cannot believe you go riding that thing. Because that's not a ladylike thing to do. But she is very in touch with, that's, that's her dragon. Like, she legit, like, this is my dragon. Like, no one else touches it. No one else rides it. So much so that in the beginning of episode two, when we find out that they're doing the funeral procession, and the, both the mother and the son died. Yeah. So, plot twist right off of episode two. Even though they performed a C-section in medieval times, mom died, yes, son was living at the end of episode one. Beginning of episode two, hey, guess what? The son died after the C-section anyway. So oh, unfortunate. Mom died, son died, 
the King's Council is all talking shit on him. Like, bro, <laughs> you still have no error. You wait, wait, wait. No You're error. getting ahead of yourself again. God damn it, Joe. I'm excited, man. Don't take that from me. The, the king is standing there. The daughter's standing there. They're doing the funeral. They have the pyres built. The son's on a small little pyre next to the mother on a bigger pyre. And the king's just staring. He's broken. He can't do anything. To the point where the hand comes up to the princess and goes, you have to say the words. She turns to her dragon, Dracarys. And the dragon walks down the beach and lights them both on fire. Wait, and they two on fire? The, yeah. The queen, the queen and, and the baby. The, the two dead oh, bodies. Oh, yeah, yeah. So she, she, so she, right there at that point, showed she has more strength than her father. That she is more capable than her father to rule. She already is showing these people that she is better than him. Girl boss. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. And then immediately, everyone's like, hey, you need to marry now and start banging these kids out again. Yep. And it's so, like, crazy. Like, I love Game of Thrones. I love House of the Dragons. Like, don't get me wrong. There are some things that made me cringe. To Joe's point, literally after they told the king, hey, you need to remarry, one of the uh, strongest households in the Navy, basically Navy terms, like, he has the best ship fleet. His house can control the seas if they wanted to. They're trying to keep the alliance well with the House of Targaryens because they're overall the most powerful. So this guy comes to the king and is like, hey, you should remarry. Also, I think it'd make our houses more powerful together if you marry my 12-year-old daughter. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Mind you, the king and the dude are cousins. <laughs> <laughs> it is like the most white hillbilly I was gonna say, ever. But most he's black. white people thing. <laughs> but he's black. What? Yes! <laughs> he's one of the few black Targaryens. He has the white hair, he's black. The daughter's black and she has the white hair. And there's this moment where like he's the king like considering it. He's walking through the garden where they're talking to her. And he's like, so what did your father say? That our, our houses become stronger and better if we married each other. And your mother? I wouldn't have to lay with you until I'm of age at 14. In other words, I got two years before you got to stick your dick in me. That is the face on your the face you just made so is the face we all made watching that scene, <laughs> and I think it's also the face her her uh, the king's daughter made because she was watching this go down from a balcony, and then she talked to. Uh, so you know how we said that it was her cousin that they were talking to. Yeah, her mother walks up, and she starts going. So are you okay with this? He's the king. He needs to have an heir. He needs to marry into his family. He needs to remarry as soon as possible, I guess. But are you okay with it? Are you okay with your daughter being sold off? And she walks away. Oh, man. But you're not even get, You missed a part, too. Which other part did I miss, bro? The hand. Oh, oh. The wait, hand okay. of the king. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. So, did you watch Game of Thrones? Yeah. Do you know how uh, impactful and uh, how much power the hands have to whoever they're the hand to? Yeah. Okay. That still applies to the House of Dragons series. So, the hand to the king has a daughter. Wait, who is best friends with the princess? Yes. And she's older. We'll say what? 16, 18? No. No. How old? At the first episode, I believe she, her and the daughter are both around 15, 16. So, the hand... Slightly older than the 12-year-old. Yeah. So, the hand goes to his daughter. He goes, the king's wife's dead. He needs to be comforted. Why don't you go to him? Tell him a story. And legit, she, that's all she does. Legit, that's what she does. But she goes and she spends, she keeps spending time with the king. 
And the king goes, you're not, uh, you're not, you're not telling my daughter about these like little, little memes we're having, right? <laughs> Give it on the down low, right? You ain't saying shit, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much is what's happening in the king the whole time when this chick goes to his room and like tells him these stories. He's over here building with his model of like his kingdom. He's just over here like sculpting and. The... Wait, wait, wait. So this is one thing. I... I, I know I hate prequels for the pure fact that I know what's going to happen. The one thing I love about House of Dragons, even though it's a prequel, there is so much different from Game of Thrones. So you know how in um, Game of Thrones they actually have, when they go to the Red Keep, or not the Red Keep, where is it that, that um, the Targaryen household is where they had that giant, like in the mountains they had that giant structure where it's like just built out of stone, the entire uh, Targaryen household? You got me, Jim. Sorry, I'm bad at recalling facts. So in Lord, uh, not Lord of the Rings, goddammit. Wow! <laughs> Joe, we're talking about Game of Thrones here. Or in House of the Dragons. So in Game of Thrones, they're on the island that the Targaryens have. In the cave, they actually have a stone structure, and it's a model of the entire island for all the buildings, the, the castle, the keep they have there. They have that here of the keep. The king is like literally just standing there. And he has this giant like model of the entire city of the of King's Landing, and he's just playing with his models. He has like a dragon, like stone statue that he plays with, and he like he's like a kid almost, like just like <sighs> placing things there. <laughs> it was kind of funny when I first saw it. I was like, he's not really sculpting a dragon, is he? He's the not best, really wait, wait. recreating the kingdom, is he? The best part is he goes, she she the. Daughter of the hand asked him, "Oh, did you make all this?" "Oh, no, 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 no. The sculptors made this for me. <laughs> he didn't even make it. He had someone make it for him. True king status, right there. But pretty much, the best way I can describe this: think of like those really creepy old dudes who have model trains in their basement. <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to go there. What's man? wrong with model trains? <laughs> <laughs> he said they put his conductor hat on. <laughs> but this is pretty much what it is. So, like, legit, like, they are just in there talking, and, like, they build an actual, like, legit relationship where he legit falls in love with this girl. So he ends up marrying her. But oh, before Joe, he does that... to talk about the main, like... I'm about to go into Uno it. reverse that he did to his council. So the council is saying you have to name an heir, and they're trying to get him to name anyone but his brother. And the brother, Matt Smith, ah. Damon Targaryen, Sounds a little bit like Demon. Yeah, right. He, they, this is an episode one still. They tell him, like, hey, oh, also, he created the White Cloaks, the King's Guard. He created them. And the first thing we see him do with them is go through the town, and anyone who may have been accused of a crime, they either killed them or cut their hands off or cut their dicks off. We legit see all of it. Yeah. Very gruesome. I flinched a couple times. Yeah, it. They did this in the first episode within the first like twenty minutes or thirty minutes to pretty much be like, "Hey, we're still Game of Thrones." Yeah, right. <laughs> we can't have Game of pretty Thrones much. without like. A... So I guess bringing it back then. What is your guys' uh, final take on these uh, couple episodes that you've seen? Cons- considering you guys have actually seen Game of Thrones, I've seen Game of Thrones. He pointed at me. What's going on? What's the rating? What's the rating that we're? Uh, what's the rating that we're giving this? Uh, for me, honestly, I like this a lot. Even though it's a prequel, and I hate prequels because I know where it leads. 
is taking place so far back with people who aren't going to live thousands of years to be in the future when we actually see Game of Thrones. And we're actually seeing, like, a bunch of things going on behind the scenes in the building of the House Targaryen and how the downfall is going to come. I'm enjoying it a lot more than I am Lord of the Rings. My issue, though, is this. It's just the one house. Yeah. It's all infighting. And we're not really seeing a lot of the outside world. We're seeing King's Landing only. We don't get a lot of the outside world until you get towards the end of episode two with Matt Smith. Or no, that's in three, sorry. Where um, they go to like the Iron Islands kind of area. And they're there. But in all honestly, like for this show, I'm going to give it a solid nine. It's being so well good. done. Visually looks great. Yeah. They don't have the money they have for Lord of the Rings. So it doesn't look as good as Lord of the Rings. But storytelling is great. The casting is spectacular. The only thing I can say that I'm not looking forward to is when they go, because they, they already said that they're going to keep jumping ahead in time for every episode. So eventually, the Princess Rhaenerys is going to be switched out with the older Rhaenerys. And I'm not looking forward to that because the young girl they have playing her is doing an amazing job. Also, she's 22. Oh, man. Dang. She does not look 22 in this series. Like, she actually looks to be a teenager, if not younger. Yeah, I looked it up because I was like, I was curious of where she came from. So I looked her up real quick. She's 22 years old, and she's an Australian actress. This is, like, one of her first big things. Like, she's been doing, like, some Australian TV shows and movies. But this is, like, her first major, major role outside of that. And as we all know from Game of Thrones, if you start in one of these series, that's the takeoff point. So expect to see her in other future projects for sure. Just based on what we've seen in the first three episodes, and to Joe's point, hopefully they don't jump enough to where they have to change her out. But they probably won't. no, they are. They are showing photos of the future her. Ah, boo. Yeah. Ryan, what's your take on uh, the series? I'm sorry, Joe. What you get? A nine. Damn. Yeah, I was gonna say that's really. That's high. really tough. Like, I I see your nine. I just want to call something back though. You really love the prequel. Like, did you just say that? No, no. He said he hates prequels. He hates prequels. But he's really digging this series. Even though they only went about two to three hundred years back, but he hated the Lord wait, of the wait, Rings wait. prequel where they went like over three thousand years back. But your elves live for how many millennia? More than that. They went back three thousand years, and you still have Galadriel and Eldron there still. So you just like the fact that Game of Thrones brings people that haven't averaged lifespan. No, no, not just that. See, this, this brings up, okay, so I'm going to cut in real quick. You know, originally, I hate high fantasy. I already said that previously. Yes, yeah. The only reason I ever got into Game of Thrones was when the incest? Went, no, when my friend introduced it. No, when my friend introduced it to me. Dragons. All the high fantasy aspects were really, really, really toned down to almost non-existent. At the very beginning of Game of Thrones, you get the White Walkers, and you only get a glimpse, yeah. and then that's it. There are no dragons. There's not even any magic. The first season, you see no dragons at all. Very true. That's originally what got me into Game of Thrones, was like the fact that this was post-magic is what made it really interesting. Because you know you all this stuff happened, right? And now all that stuff is gone. So and that's why you can like, see it is like you can look at the first like season or two as being like a medieval times. Yes, and that's show. what I enjoyed the most about it. It's like magic had existed, and now it's gone. And that made like made Game of Thrones such an interesting thing. Um, so now that all these like the 
but that's why I don't like this uh, Lord of the Rings series. That's, what I'm, like, that's what I'm thinking back in my head right now. I'm like, oh man, that's why he doesn't like Lord of the Rings. Then. Yeah, right, but go on. That's that's what I was gonna say. And like, that's why I don't know how I feel about this uh, Game of Thrones prequel either. It's just like they have more dragons in it, but the dragons yeah. do not play a large part. And they like, don't have yeah. much magic. I will say that. Yeah. I mean, they, they have up done a no magic at all. Yeah, so maybe. But that's why I'm more excited about this. But the Lord of the Rings series. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to keep watching this. I don't know if I want to keep watching okay, this. Okay, can you just start watching the House of the Dragons? I guess that's start? what I need to do. You know what? That's what well, I drop Lord of the Rings, watch House of the Dragons. Um, so, really quick. Uh, we're just such a base on this because we're really excited about these shows. Well, Brian's excited about Lord of the Rings. I'm excited about House of the Dragons. But uh, once these shows are finished and concluded, we're actually going to go back and like talk about them overall. We are? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to be here. Uh, <laughs> surprise. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, but like I was saying, like the reason with Lord of the Rings is these characters are still in the future, three thousand years later. Yeah. So I know for a fact there's no real consequences for these characters aside from external. I don't have to worry about these characters dying. I don't have to worry about these characters losing an arm or an eye or something like that. For Game of Thrones, none of these characters take place later on, and I it's so far back that there's no real connection to any of the main characters in that. It's so far back that this can be a, its own contained story. And even though I know what's going to happen in the future, that doesn't have anything to do with this, what's happening now. Yeah. Aside from the fact that we might get to the Mad King eventually in season three or four. If it goes that far. Yeah. If it goes that far. If they want to go that far. I mean, they're time jumping way too much. I don't know how much farther. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But the well, point I mean, is, between yeah. episode one and two, they only time jumped like literally a week. And between episode two and three, they time jumped three years. Yeah. So for the next episode, I don't believe they're going to time jump that much. I think it's still going to be maybe at most a year or two if they do go that far. I think towards the end of it, we're going to see the older Renairs probably around episode maybe six. Sounds good. I can't wait. That, that I just want to know how I'll, they manage time jumping. I'll have to find a way to catch up on the series. But yes. You uh, watch it all in one day. Yeah, right, just right. like us. Come on, get with it. So, Brian, what's your rating? Oh, I'm giving a solid nine, bro. I, I love nine Game of Thrones. And a nine, all right. I, I love Game of Thrones. I'm loving all the foreshadowing. Remember in Game of Thrones, they talked about the Dance of the Dragons. The what is it? Story? No. Go. What's it called? Story it's called of the, the Fire and Ice. It's the Song of Fire and Ice. That one. If you go back to Game of Thrones, will watch that episode where they talk about it because they literally talk about how how Rhaenyra's and Aegon the Third fight. And it's all because of what's about to happen in House of the Dragons. So they talked about it in Game of Thrones because the little girl was reading it, the one who had that one scale uh, sickness. Oh, yeah. 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 She talks about the story there. And you're about to watch how, what led up to it. And you're about to watch it go down. So they're about to go from like 10 dragons to like nine. Well, not only that, but like they messed up in Game of Thrones where they called that the Song of Fire and Ice because they didn't know about the prophecy, which they called the Song of Fire and Ice. Which has to do with the White Walkers. Yeah. Because yeah. they hinted at that, but I know that's not going to play a main story because they don't come through until they way, yeah. way, way, way lay down the line. But, like, literally, like, he goes, because he eventually appoints his daughter as the next ruler. And he takes her into account, into the chambers where they have a giant dragon skull. But in Game of Thrones, they had the same dragon skull there in the, in the dungeon. This is an altar. It's an altar to this dragon. There's candles on a statue right in front of it. Always and, lit. And literally, he's just standing there, and he goes, when you see the dragons, what do you see? And the daughter gives an answer, and 
and she's like trying to figure out what's going on. He goes, I'm naming you my next heir. You're going to take over. You're going to be queen. But because of this, you need to know about everything. You need to know about this prophecy called the Song of Fire and Ice. And he explains to her that if this ever comes about, it's going to be because there's no Targaryen on the Iron Throne. And the, the other thing, too, is like this is a small point that they keep doing throughout the show. Is that the father keeps constantly being cut and and hurt by the Iron Throne, and they always say the person who's meant to rule would not be harmed by the throne, and he was chosen over his, uh, his cousin who was female, and they chose him because he was the only male heir. They're very big on males being on the throne, right? Which, which is, is which is what also causes that big old issue about him naming his daughter as yeah. the heir to the Iron. And that, you you you'll see it all, so you'll hear it all. So please watch it, and everybody else listening to this podcast, go watch it if you haven't. Even if you haven't watched Game of Thrones, it's action packed. It's you have an episode where one of the main characters only says two lines, but it's so impactful. It doesn't see, even that's matter. Very Samurai Jack, like oh my yes. god, yes, wow, I could, dude, that is yeah. such a good like. That's a good reference. That. that is dude. a mess. Oh my god, and he hasn't even seen the fucking episode. This yeah, I'm excited. So I'm excited. good. I'm, excited. I'm glad. I'm man. I'm happy. Okay. So with that being said, we've all given our final reviews on 3,000 Years of Longing, uh, The Rings of Power, and House of the Dragons. House of the Dragons. Thank you guys for listening. This has been our Broken Point of View. Please like, follow on Instagram and Facebook, Broken Point of View Podcasts. Feel free to reach out to us, any topics you guys want to talk about, anything like that. Also, please like and also review on Spotify. There is a way to do that now, apparently. Wow. It would help us out a lot. And, of course, share this with your friends, family. And thank you so much for listening. Next time. Have a great night. This has been a broken production.